My guest now is author Doug Wilson. He's a pastor of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, and I wanted to bring Doug on because I'm a fan of Doug's. I've read several of his books. He's written hundreds of them. One of them uh, has caught my attention over the last several years, and we use as kind of a primer here at Created Equal to teach people, our young people, basically, uh, to be reformers. And his book is entitled Rules for Reformers. And and what I really like about it, and, and Doug, thanks for being on the show. Um, what I really like about this, uh, the book, is you talk about what Christians can learn uh, from a guy like Saul Alinsky. <laughs> now, that would sound pretty strange to a lot of people. First of all, tell us who Saul Alinsky is. Uh, Saul Alinsky was a hard leftist uh, community organizer who wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. Right. And my book, Rules for Reformers, is sort of a version of that answer to it. And uh, what can we get from him and what where do we need to part company? Yeah, and that's interesting because, as you know, the rise of uh, Barack Obama, the Clintons, Hillary Clinton— uh, they all used Saul Alinsky's book as kind of a roadmap. Uh, if you would, let's let's talk about that. Now, the left has used it. Uh, what can we learn from the Alinsky tactics, if you will? What kind of things can Christians use? And wh- where are the lines that we have to draw and say, well, we can't go there? So, uh, for example, one of the, one of the uh, rules that he laid out that was just really insightful, he was a brilliant tactician. Mm-hmm. He was he was brilliant, and he knew how people worked. But one of his r- rules is that you should use employ tactics that your people enjoy, hmm. mm-hmm. right? Um, and for uh, evidence of the potency of that, look no further than the Canadian truckers. Right. Right? So the Canadian truck protest in Ottawa is a tactic that, is exhilarating to those who are using it. They enjoy it. The people doing it are enjoying it. They're having a good time, and the people that they're who are they're standing up against are not having a good time. That that would be the kind of takeaway from Alinsky that we could use, right? Um, something that we couldn't use is that. Um, well, we could use part of it. He one of his rules is that you should um, personalize the issue. You know, pick a person, freeze it, and then attack it. And in Olinsky's world, uh, the truth didn't really matter that much. It was just how vulnerable um, that person was. Um, and for, as Christians, the truth should matter to us very much. We don't want to attack someone just because they're vulnerable. Um, it, we should be, have other grounds for the attack or the, the critique. Let me ask you this. You talk about in the book uh, the difference between principles and methods and why that distinction is important. Uh, if you would, talk about that. We're talking about tactics. We're talking about reforming culture. Uh, what's the difference between a principle and a method? Okay, great. Um, this is an essential uh, issue. I have a, a section on this in the book. A, a principle would be like the principles of warfare or conflict would be things that an army centuries ago being advised by Sun Tzu or several centuries ago being advised by Clausewitz would would want to obey. Uh, the principles would be things like mobility or surprise 
or objective or concentration of force. Mm-hmm. And the, the principles apply equally, whether you're talking about an army using bows and arrows or an army using automatic weapons. Okay, the, princi- the principles are constant. They don't change. Methods would be things like things, arrows, spears, lances, uh, shoulder-mounted surface-to-air, you know, um, uh, surface-to-air missiles, th- things like that. So those are all methods. And what happens is that generals and admirals sometimes fall in love with methods. They say, okay, we're fighting a third world army, and we've got all this sophisticated weaponry, and we're going to, so we don't need to pay attention to the principles. Well, you do need to pay attention to the principles. An army that obeys the principles with rudimentary weapons is going to prevail over an army that doesn't. Um, honor the principles of war. Mm-hmm. And how do we bring that into the Christian uh, worldview? Obviously, these are principles of war. Uh, when we're talking about armed conflict, we're talking about we're not using arms. <laughs> we don't do that. But sure. uh, how do we bring that into our Christian worldview and dealing with the spiritual battles that we we face? That's very good. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, "Our weapons are not carnal." Right. You know, but but he says our weapons are mighty for pulling down strongholds. Right. So, um, for example, my, this, uh, this thinking came from a book that my dad wrote back in the 60s um, called Principles of War. And what he did is he took the military principles of war and applied them to spiritual warfare, applied mm-hmm. them to uh, mm-hmm. thoughts on strategic evangelism and so on. So here's an example of military thinking that transfers from physical warfare into spiritual warfare. Um, in any given battle or war, there's what military men call a decisive point. And a decisive point is a target that is simultaneously strategic and feasible. It's got to be both. If it's strategic only, you'd win the war if you took it, but you can't take it. If it's feasible only, uh, you can take it, but it doesn't matter when you take it. (laughs) Nothing changes. So, uh, for example, uh, just applying to evangelism and, and our culture war, um, New York City is strategic. Mm-hmm, right. if, we took, if we took New York for Jesus, it'd be all over. However, New York City is not feasible. It's strategic, but not feasible. Gotcha. If we took Beauville, Idaho, which is a little bend in the road not far from where I am, uh, Beauville, Idaho for Jesus— that would be feasible. We could do it in a weekend, right? Um, but it'd be, it wouldn't matter once we took it. We'd have, all, all we'd have is Beauville. So what, what you want your target to be is something that's simultaneously strategic and feasible. Uh, one of the reasons why our uh, ministries are here in Moscow is my dad was thinking this way, and he, found, he, he decided in North America this, the evangelistic decisive points – were major universities in small towns. Yes. So in the North American system, uh, uh, oftentimes important universities are located in small towns. And then he found out that Moscow, Idaho, and Pullman, Washington were two small towns. With two big apart, universities. With a, major, yeah. with a major university in each one. Right. So he moved here. He moved here. Yeah, that was uh, a good now, move. He's, he, he didn't move here with a row of howitzers or weapons. He moved here in order to evangelize and preach right. the gospel. 
Right. And the name of the game is disproportionate influence. Yeah. What you want, what you want to do is ha- do what you're doing, preach the gospel, but do it in a location and in a way that has much bigger repercussions than if you went and did it somewhere else. And my guest is Doug Wilson, and he is the pastor of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, and he's author of over 100 books. We're talking about one of those today called Rules for Reformers. And you might have heard of Rules for Radicals. That's the one written by Saul Alinsky, which uh, was the uh, the book that uh, propelled, helped to propel uh, Barack Obama to power. And uh, Hillary Clinton was a disciple, among many others, of Saul Alinsky. But we're talking about how these, uh, how Christians can learn from these concepts and can learn from our enemies. Uh, Doug, in the book, you make the distinction, which I think is really important for Christians to understand, the distinction between Reformation and Revolution. Uh, a lot of times yes. people mix those up. They, they think they mean the same thing. They don't. Uh, we should not be revolutionaries. Explain that. Um, yes. Um, the historian Christopher Dawson said that the Christian Church lives in the light of eternity and can afford to be patient. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, uh, the progressives, the leftists, the revolutionaries, their most characteristic uh, trait is that they are impatient. They they want it now. All right. They're they're constantly frustrated. They want everything to be different yesterday. And they're prepared to burn things down because they're so impatient. But Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of God works through human cultures the way yeast works through a loaf of bread. Um, it's like a mustard seed that grows, starts very small, and it grows quietly, or a, a field planted with wheat. It's like farming. So uh, the Apostle Paul, when he got to Rome, he didn't start circulating petitions to get rid of the gladiatorial games. He did get rid of them, but it took centuries. Mm -hmm. What he did was he started planting churches. He was preaching the gospel. He was reformational. So Christians need to be patient in their uh, efforts at reform, knowing that labor's in the Lord are not in vain, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Um, God looks at our efforts, and he blesses them, but he blesses them over the long haul. So revolutionary uh, efforts, are want, they're like convenience store reforms. You want to consume it now. Um, but the uh, reforming work of the church is much more long, long-term thinking. Yeah, I think that's profound, honestly. The idea that uh, uh, those of the world want to overthrow the system, um, they want to uh, be revolutionaries. Christians believe in civil government. God instituted it, right? I mean, he instituted us to work within the systems, within the things, the institutions, whatever, that have been formed by God. Uh, they, They just need reform. They don't need turned over and overthrown. And so... I hear Christians use the term revolutionary or revolution, and it you know, kind of concerns me. I know they, they don't mean 
uh, normally they'd hopefully mean a, a violent revolution, but we ought to lose that language, in my view. How, how do you, and yeah. this may be a bigger question for the time we have today, but maybe you can give us a quick soundbite. How do you reconcile that thinking with the American Revolution? Or if you want to call the— and that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question, <laughs> and that's, ju- that's just about the time that the definition of the word began to change. Okay. So um, it be- the change was fully in motion by the time of the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the American Revolution, it simply meant a change in government. It, it was that's an true. older, more innocent use of the word. But the 19th century, the 1800s, was the century of revolutions in the modern sense. And it began with the French Revolution at the tail end of the 1700s and culminated in the Russian Revolution at the beginning of the 20th century. That was the era of revolutions in the negative sense. The American Revolution was outside that time frame. Gotcha. My guest has been Doug Wilson, and you can find out more by going to ChristKirk.com, ChristKirk.com. That's K-I-R-K dot com. Uh, Doug, if you would, leave us with some parting words. I know you guys have you have a blog and you have a podcast of people. This is just scratching the surface on on the kind of the topics that you cover. Uh, you know, I, I love your work. If you would, just kind of give folks uh, an idea of where they can find out more. Okay, the best place to go to find out all the things I'm up to and what I have at my uh, – the pies I have in my fingers would be dougwills.com. That's my blog. And then all the other places uh, you can navigate to from there, D-O-U-G-W-I-L-S.com. Doug Wilson's been my guest, and you can pick up his book, Rules for Reformers. If you are an activist like myself and you want to be a reformer, this is the book for you. This is the book for you, taking the lessons we can learn from the enemy and applying them to Christian service. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.